Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Thank you very much. You, you guys didn't have a choice in my coming, so I apologise to you first up. But um, it's a great treat to be here. Do you know the reason why I'm here is because I'm supposed to be this Sunday ministering in Newcastle. <laughs> Obviously that wasn't going to happen. So uh, thanks to a cancellation, something I've been hoping and praying for for about three years has now come to pass. I've been watching you guys for a little while from a distance and uh, giving thanks to God for what I'm seeing. Thanks to, to God for what God is, is seeding into this area of the city. And I'm excited to, uh, to be here to strengthen and encourage you in your walk with the Lord and uh, to alert you to a piece of news which I think is, is just lovely that um, there's been a considerable grace on you ever since you began. But I, I kind of sense that you are now coming into the very reason you have been placed here. And that's good news. Now, I, I'm aware that it's been a little tough for you too. Isn't that always the way? So I want to encourage you, be full of faith because the very purpose for which God brought you to this place, this piece of land, in this suburb, at this time, is going to come into its completion soon. In fact, I think it's already begun and I'm excited for you. And from a distance, I will be praying for you that you can enter into it and to enjoy the fullness of it. From this area, right across to Deception Bay, there has been a battle for the hearts and minds and souls of men and women, boys and girls. In some places, uh, like where I live, in uh, the northern part of Logan, there's a similar battle going on. I give thanks to God that you're here. You're not here by accident. I'm encouraged that you're here. And uh, notwithstanding what you might have been experiencing as a church or as individuals, be full of faith because the Lord is with you. And he's going to do some exciting things among you. And I mean by that, men and women are going to be transformed by the gospel. And it'll show up here in ways that are truly wonderful. Hallelujah. But you're going to have your, job, your, your work set out for you because the fish don't come in cleaned, do they? Hallelujah. Anyway, um, would you turn with me to Acts chapter 10? I like this. This is good. Is this one of Dan's things? Yeah, Dan, I like it. God bless you, Dan, wherever you are. All right. Would you turn with me to Acts chapter 10 and verse 34? Acts chapter 10, verse 34. And so Peter opened his mouth and he said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. 
And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a very important story, and I think I'm praying that it will be something that you will reflect on later and begin to see that God may be doing something uh, like this among you. Um, If ever, it is my conviction that there are, in cities, there are windows in various places across the cities where the Holy Spirit catches light first. The rest of the city, as it were, catches on. Friends, you are situated right in one of those windows. This is no joke. You you are not here by accident. You are not here just to make the numbers up. You are not here just to be another church. There is the window on the north side that runs from a little west of here right through to Deception Bay. It's a window where the Holy Ghost desires to fall with power for the transformation of society. I don't want to tinker around the edge. I don't want to just have a nice little holy time. I want to see the city change. So you guys are in the window, in one of the windows in this city. I'm in the window too. So I'm good, but I'm down south, right? I'm on the other side of the river. You may have heard of that. Did you know that there is, Brisbane is north, south of the river as well? There you go. Yeah. Little, little factoid that you can say. Hey, I learned in church today that there's something beyond the river. Hallelujah. There's a whole lot of us. There's a window down there and the Holy Spirit catches fire in these windows. And often the city follows it and catches it after that. And um, when these things happen, just as in the case of Cornelius, you have a moment when the window that the, this, young, this man had become in his searching for God breaks out and something follows this that truly transforms cities and towns and countries. So we are in a, I hope you will see that we are in this very wonderful situation here and we are looking for something of the Holy Spirit to fall among us. Now, if you look at chapter 10, verse 1 to 8, you get a little bit of background on Cornelius. Good guy. So well, I'll comment on that in a moment. And then you get from verse 9 to 23 is a background on why Peter goes to see him and uh, some of the things that he gets from the Lord for the, um, for the centurion and his family. And then you get from verse 24 right through to verse 48, the encounter being described. Now, don't, uh, when the scripture gives that much attention to an event, you, you should be taking some notice of it. So you can have a look at that later too. And then in chapter 11, there's a narrative which explains how the new thing that the Spirit of God brought was weighed and calculated to be faithfully representing what God had said to the people of God. So let's have a look at this together. And I encourage you to open, have your Bible open with you um, for this process. It's not uncommon for people to assume things, correct? Yes, we assume things all the time. As a matter of fact, some of our assumptions help us and some of them hinder us, right? Uh, You may not have any issues here. You may not have any issues here. But on the south of the river, it's not uncommon to encounter people who have issues. (laughs) Now, if you are free of issues, hallelujah, just sit there and thank God. (laughs) If, however, you have issues, you will know that one of your issues Isn't it good that God loves people with issues? Anyone who's read Exodus 6 will know that God, um, when he proposed marriage to a bunch of people who had issues, he was really brave 
in that moment, wasn't he? Yeah, he still is. Hallelujah. We love God because he first loved us. Amen? Isn't that good news? Yeah. Yeah, hallelujah. You know, sometimes when I say that in Baptist churches, that they go on the inside. (laughs) So I'm very grateful that you are are a little bit out there. That's great. It's good to be Baptist, isn't it? Because the Bible says repent and be Baptist. So... It's an old one, but a good one. Where's the drummer? You know, boom, ching, yeah. All right. It's not uncommon that people have issues and they assume things to be true which are not true. And some of our assumptions create bad relationships and cause people to get completely the wrong picture of things. And this is such an example. The apostles, Peter, James, John, and the rest, and the disciples generally in Jerusalem had assumed that the coming of the Messiah was only for them and in fact that there were several, um, it, it was that the grace of God didn't go beyond Israel. It only went to Israel. And uh, so that anything God was doing was just for Israel. But they had missed the fundamental picture in Genesis 12 where God had declared his desire for the whole world. This isn't just just for me or for you or for the West or whatever. This is for the whole world. And it's not just to build churches and to be holy and happy. It's to change the world and bring it transformation. Not look down our noses at it and judge it, but engage with it, with the gospel, and bring it into alignment with the Father. By grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, lest anyone should boast. Recognize that? Yeah, hallelujah. So they had made this assumption, and because they'd made this assumption, they were quite happy to stay in Jerusalem. They were quite happy to stay there among Jews. They might have gone down the road a bit to Samaria because they were half Jewish there, but they still had that assumption. God only spoke to certain people. It's a funny thing, you know. I've been in churches where people think exactly that. But God desires to speak to all, all of us. Isn't that wonderful? Couldn't you seriously kind of nudge the person next to you and say, that is the best thing I've heard all day. (laughs) Hallelujah. So good, isn't it? God wants to speak to us all. He desires to speak to us all. I think that is incredibly good news. And yet the apostles had this belief that that was not the case. And the go into all the world seemed to have got lost. It's amazing how effective assumptions can be, causing you to miss the truth when it's right in front of you and even the apostles made that mistake and you know we will too as you've already seen from the book of acts jesus said the strategy he wanted to be employed he told them that at the end of matthew you will see it recalled and also in acts chapter 1 verse 8 in judea then in samaria and then into the ends of the earth now In Acts chapter 2, it had begun and uh, they had begun to stir this and then under persecution had gone a little bit further to Samaria. But the apostles remained suspicious about anything going beyond the uh, the people of God, Israel. And, And so what now the Holy Spirit has to do is break the assumption to change the world. Friends, you have been placed here to become a demonstration of the kingdom of God in Burpengary and that this suburb, as a result of the demonstration they see, just as Cornelius saw the demonstration of the kingdom in Peter, so they will see the demonstration of the kingdom in your lives and become convinced that God is indeed among them. I mean, we're not here for just to be having a good holy time, friends. We are here because Burpengary is filled with, with dear fellow Australians who need to know that God is able and abundantly able to meet with them. 
Hallelujah. We pray for that, don't we? We desire that, don't we? We want men to cram this place. We want women to cram this place. We want children to cram this place. We want them everywhere. We want this place to be filled. And we also recognise that it's going to be messy as we work it out. Yeah. Church isn't neat, is it, when the Holy Ghost falls, in my understanding. Church gets messy. And it's because we have issues. There they are again. The Holy Spirit comes and starts ministering to our issues. You know, I had a young man say to me years ago, I was only, I was only married myself about three years at the time, and he said, oh, Pastor, I'm, uh, I'm going to not go out with my girlfriend anymore. And I said, why is that? And he said, because she's got issues. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had to break it to him, you know. You've got issues, you silly fool. Well, I was trying to be nice, but I'm a prophet, not a pastor. I love pastors. I hang around him. It's been one of the ironies of my whole life that I've been called, oh, Pastor Collins here? Yeah, that's true. I guess I am that. I've got to try and practice being nice, you know. Apostles and prophets, we're a funny bunch. Anyway, um, that's for another day. Um, So the assumptions have been missed. The plan has not been put into place. The ends of the earth are not being engaged. And what the Holy Spirit begins to do is to cause a breakout. You see, this is what's ahead of you, friends. There's, There's moments when... You'll do this in ones and then ones and twos and then in little groups and then you'll do it as a church. You will break out because of the work of the Holy Spirit that comes upon you. And it won't depend on somebody up here. It will depend on him who will come upon you as indeed he did in this particular case in Cornelius. There's another hurdle that Peter had to um, get over. Not only was he thinking that he, um, one of his issues was that he thought that, that the Holy Spirit, that the grace of God was only for Jews. He also had some racism in him. He was absolutely convinced that there was no way the grace of God would ever be for a Roman. He hated those people. And it's not uncommon for a my my hidden feelings to come to the boil, right? And when the Holy Spirit wants to deal with me and he breaks into my life, he goes and he starts dealing with those things that are not appropriate for me to have. And, and one of the things that Peter had to have challenged was his belief, not only that Jews were, only, were the only ones who could have the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, but all the other nations were beneath them. And this had to be challenged as well. And so in this story where Peter is, is challenged and, and guided, the Holy Spirit causes him to break out. And I've got to tell you, friends, we've been doing church for a long time, but we're going to have to learn to break out. We are going to have to learn that. I've been in church since I was three days old. I go into some old furniture stores And when I breathe in, I smell the same thing that was in the pews when I was lying there in a bassinet at the age of three days. I have flashbacks. So I've been in church. I've seen it all. When the Holy Ghost filled me when I was almost 20, I was in a conservative evangelical church and I said, Lord, it'll be good to get out of here. Huh? I mentioned things to people that I was experiencing of God and they kind of looked at me as if I had two heads and wanted to get rid of me. Wow, it was, a, it was the 70s. Hallelujah. <laughs> Who was there? Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. We didn't get this for nothing, did we, eh? Hallelujah. We lived through the 70s. <laughs> Jesus was with us. Anyway, we had this, I had this experience which caused me to break into new things. I began, I began then as a young man, I began to discern and to speak into people's lives in ways that I now understand as a prophet. 
I was breaking out, but everything around me wanted to drag me back. Oh, guys, what God wants to do in this part of the city, in this window of the city, is to cause the church to move into a new sphere. It's not just in the way you worship. It's not just in the way you speak and you preach. It's not just in the way you're kind to one another. And I say this with a, a, a reverent heart. It is not just in the coffee you get afterwards. And I do love nice coffee. Unfortunately, one of the bad things of my life is that I'm a snob in that area. I apologise. I say that up front. Please pray for me because I have issues in that area. (laughs) We're going to have to learn to break out. We're going to have to learn what Peter learned that day was revolutionary. We're going to have to learn that again. We can't be the church we were. Can't be that now. What's ahead of us is where the priesthood of all believers is set loose in the city and we bring the gospel with us and in the power of the Spirit begin to transform it. Well, it's not going to happen just in church. It's going to happen at work. It's going to happen at school. It's literally going to happen there. We're not going to be drawing people into the church to see them saved, although we will see that. We are going to see the city change, not just tinkered with, but changed. What the Holy Ghost is doing here is completely changing the church. He's completely moving it in a new direction and I believe we're in that place now. Hallelujah. COVID might be difficult and I think of my brothers and sisters in New South Wales and Victoria right now. Oh God, encourage our brethren. Amen. Encourage them by the Holy Spirit. Bring faith and grace upon their lives right now, wherever they are, wherever they are in their homes. Just bless them. Amen. Be with them and strengthen them for your sake. Oh, yeah. And so we, we are coming into that thing. Uh, Peter experienced it as well. So he had these hurdles. So Cornelius gets the vision. Boom. Great stuff. Roman. He's been giving to the Lord's work. He loves the Jews and he prays. What an interesting fella. I mean, you've got you to you think, wow, what an interesting fella. Walks around with a dirty big sword and he also prays. Who knew? And he, he loves the Jews and he gives to the Jews. That, I bet you he was a bit of a topic of conversation in the barracks. What kind of crazy guy is this fellow? Right? And so he's praying and the Bible says, your prayers and your giving have come up as a memorial to the Lord. Now that's an important verse, isn't it? Anyway, we'll preach about that sometime. So he he gets this word. Now he says, send some people over to Peter because he's got some things to tell you. And so he's going to come into a new thing, right? Where he is is great, but God's going to bring Cornelius and his family into a new thing. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you've got Peter is upstairs hungry in a trance. Interesting. Ever been hungry and in a trance? I've been hungry and in a bad mood. Anyone with me there? Yeah? I have two grandsons. Well, actually, I have three, but one's in Sydney. I don't see him as much for obvious reasons. And boy, those boys know hungry, bad mood. No grace. No no grace. I've been told having granddaughters is great because they're nice. <laughs> is that true? Oh, no, yeah. This is a, yes. We're human beings, aren't we? Anyway, he's there in a trance. He's upstairs <clears throat> and he has this um, vision. He's a good Jew. And you know the story where the Bible says he actually sees a vision of common things, of unclean things, and God wants him to eat and he's confronted with a a whole series of perplexities about what he sees Um, friends there's no getting around it we're in one of those seasons now where God is going to reveal things that are going to be perplexing he just is 
And we, we, the people of God, have to be really clear about how we're going to know what's the Lord and what's not. And we've got to stop making judgments about that based on our experience. But we've got to listen to the Holy Spirit like uh, Peter did eventually and Cornelius did eventually here. Oh, friends, we're in one of those places. This is a time for us as the people of God to discern what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches because there's a breakout coming. There's a breakout coming. If ever Australia was going to listen to the gospel, it's in the months and years that are ahead of us. Because what COVID has done, it has pressured us all as human beings, hasn't it? It has pressured us. It has squeezed us. It has put us in very strange places. It has uh, brought us into experiences which are difficult and perplexing. And now we need the Holy Spirit. Well, you can see here um, he, in the story as it's going, um, he's upstairs, it's verse 18, 19 there, while Peter was pondering the vision of these, these unclean things. Take these things, eat these things. Um, take these things, eat these things three times. And, uh, and then while he was there, the Bible says, while he was pondering the vision, behold, he said, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation. Verse 20, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to them and said, I'm the one you're looking for. Why? What is the reason for your coming? And they described their, their encounter with uh, their instructions from Cornelius. Um, I, I think what you're going to see here is that Peter, who has assumed that you can't have the grace of God if you're not Jewish and you, you definitely can't if you're Roman, comes across a man who is actually very much a Roman. He has not grown up a Jew. He has not been trained in the Torah and yet God wants to reveal himself to him. Now that ought to be good news for all of us in this room. Now seriously... If you've ever felt like an outsider in anything, if you've ever felt like an outsider, you will know how wonderful it is when you get the revelation that God is for me. And Cornelius is about to get that revelation. You know, because of what the Holy Spirit has done in my life, I've been an outsider all my life. Right? I've been an outsider all my life. And yet, God is for me. Now, if you are someone like this and you're sitting there and say, oh, Colin, I am absolutely an outsider. I feel like I'm an outsider, like I was behind the door when all the good things were given out. God is for you. I've got to tell you, if there's one thing I believe that this window of the city requires, it's that revelation. There are people who live in this window of the city who are struggling to actually, to actually understand themselves and their families. If ever there was, uh, uh, in this window and in the window I live in, mental health is going to be a huge issue in the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. If the Lord tarries, one of the things we're going to see, thank you, Lord, is the healing of the mind in a way we've never seen it before. And those who have psychology and psychiatric and counsellor training are going to be so helpful because they're going to help people walk the way out of the morass they're in. And COVID will be one of those things which has forced that. Oh, friends, if you could only see and feel what was in my own heart, you'd be thrilled because what I see ahead is not a morass. I see the Spirit of God advancing and equipping you and me who actually live in these windows to operate in the power of the Spirit. Oh, it'll be messy. Oh, it'll be messy. But God help us, it's the thing we need. Amen? And so you've got, you've got Cornelius who has issues. You've got to remember, here's a man who's been in warfare. My grandfather served in the First World War. He got shot four times before they sent him home. He would never speak of it. My uncle came home from the Second World War. When he went, his hair was jet black. When he came home three, day, three years later, it was brilliant white. 
He would never speak of it. I don't think there is any good war. People, men, our men and women now are traumatised by it. I remember being a pastor and I witnessed to one of the guys and he, just, he came to church but he said, I have to sit in a certain place. Don't make me sit anywhere else. I can't stay if I can't sit there. Why? Because he had served in Vietnam. There were no good experiences. Can you understand, therefore, that this is a man who has seen death and carnage and maiming and yet he longed for something else? Mm. And then the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to him and says, there's someone I want to introduce to you and when you hear him, he'll have some things that will help you. And meanwhile, the apostle is being prepared. That's the kind of season you're in now, that I'm in now. I'm in one window, you're in another window. Tell you what, there's another window, by the way, that I'm really personally excited about. It goes from Park Ridge in the south right through a suburb called Jimboomba and right through Yarrabilba. Oh, 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 oh. We've got another good time coming down there. A couple of new churches going in. Oh, Hallelujah. Renegades from big battles, hallelujah. We're going to see something change. And I don't want to just have another church. I want to change the city. I want to see the city changed. And it can happen. But we're not going to do it by being holier than thou. We're not going to do it by just staying here in our churches. We're not going to do it here because we've got the best worship. And we're not going to do it here if we've got the best preaching. We will do it because every one of us is so filled with the Holy Spirit, able to minister the grace of God wherever we are. We become potent everywhere we go. Ooh, yes, pick me for that. I'm loving that lady who keeps putting her hand on. I love you. Yeah. I say, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. I love her. I don't know her name, but I love her. What's your first name, dear? Bob. Bob. I love Bob. <laughs> yes, Lord. I'll take me some of that. I love that. That's so good. We should all be kind of in, in church going, yeah, I'll take that. Then I'll take that. Hallelujah. Anyway, so you have Peter uh, is now going to come and bring this message. And what's going to happen is that the whole mission of the church is going to change as a result of this one experience. And he preaches to him. He preaches the gospel to him. And I read that to you. You know, the gospel is wonderful, isn't it? I don't tell you what, though. I could give you a little hint, and I promise I won't get wound up and get off target, right? Because when usually my students at the Gateway Ministry School know that <clears throat> I can get off target. They ask the wrong question or the right one. Way I'm off. All right, so... The gospel is much, much more than getting your sins forgiven and going to heaven. Now, I'm 65 years old now. Between my ears, I'm about 19. I'm, I'm serious with that. So sometimes my body says, whoa. My mind is ready to go. Bob, hallelujah. That's me and Bob. We're in this together. Hallelujah. Yeah, I got the thumbs up. I don't know whether she's happy because she's got this mask on and I can't see it. But I'm, I've got the thumbs up, so I'm all right now. And, and, and look, this, this is, I've got to tell you, you know, I mean, I'm, it is good news. I'm going to heaven. I reckon if you're 85, 90, you know, somebody tells you you can have your sins forgiven and go to heaven, I reckon that sounds good. But if you're 18 or 19 or you're 17, you just got your license, hallelujah. If you just got your license and you're just driving and you, you know, and you're gorgeous and you're talented and you're wonderful, I mean, is sitting around in church going to really thrill you? Wouldn't thrill me. Didn't thrill me, right? Didn't thrill me. I didn't, I didn't want to do this gig. It was the last thing I wanted. And then the Holy Spirit came. Oh, guys, we. The good news is, in fact, that the kingdom actually has now come. To the earth. It's actually in the earth now. And you can experience it. Peace, joy. 
you're being Baptist now. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, I was just thinking you'd be winding right up at that. But anyway, peace, joy, kindness, goodness, generosity, hospitality, just bursting out of you because you know the kingdom has come. You know it's come. How did it come? Well, Jesus' death and resurrection made that possible. The earth, it couldn't come to the earth any earlier. We were feeling our way. We didn't know what, what to do next, whether we were giving enough. But then the kingdom came because Jesus died and rose again. Hallelujah. Yes. Woo! Thank you, Barbara. Yes. Well, I'm feeling the love, my dear. See you after for coffee, right? All right. So we, we, we're going to we press into this gospel, but it's more than getting your sins forgiven and going to heaven. I love that we, get it, we got our sins forgiven and we're going to heaven. I love that. I love that. That's great. But I'm enthused as a man, as a person, that I live in a time when the Holy Spirit has been poured out and I can see him at work. And it's not just for the experts. It's not just for people who are clever. It's for me. It's, it's for me where I am. I don't need, I don't need to do, you know, refer Well, you want the Holy Ghost? Just go and see him or her or them. No, you become the carrier of this wonderful gift. You bring the kingdom everywhere you go. Isn't that good news? I mean, seriously. Woo! Yes. Yeah. I mean, you could, you know, really enjoy that. I mean, it's challenging. It's it's. It's um, perhaps not what you expect all my life. I've been, I've been a kind of an out-of-place person. The Lord never actually let me leave an evangelical church. He's got a sense of humour. Here, stay there. But they don't like me there. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's wearing down. I think I'm wearing them down now. I've been around for 43 years, you know. I think they see me now and go, oh, he's an old guy. Let's just wait him out. Let's just, let's just wait till he runs out of energy and retires. And now they're looking at me going, that coot is not going to stop, is he? <laughs> Whoa, happy, hallelujah. Just get a hold of me, Lord, and help me do, <laughs> to be like this. So we, we've got this wonderful thing now. The gospel is the announcement that the kingdom of God has come to the earth. Now, men and women can experience the love and the peace and the joy and the kindness of our God in these days. We can experience that and we can become the people who carry that. Isn't that great? Yeah, pick me for that job. Oh, he already did. And so Peter turns up and he preaches and he preaches the good news and he mentions the big story of Israel and he mentions how Jesus had died and he mentions how Jesus had raised from the dead and he mentions how he was a witness to all of this and to all that God is doing and he doesn't even get to finish the sermon before the Holy Ghost falls. And I used to say to the Lord a lot, you could do that any time you like. (laughs) It's only happened to me once. But boy, did I enjoy that. I didn't even get to do the appeal, you know. Oh, missed it. It's wonderful, wonderful. And so Peter is is speaking. He's mentioning the grace of God. He's mentioning the goodness of God. The Holy Spirit, verse 44, fell on them. Now, the interesting thing is in the next verse, See, there was a group of guys, a group of people that were with Peter. Oh, by the way, have you, just a, a little funny aside here, if you've read the scriptures, you will know that he was staying, this Jewish guy was staying in the house of a tanner. That wasn't kosher. Well, what was the guy thinking? Yeah, good food maybe, I don't know. But he was staying in the house of a tanner. Don't you love that? He was already on the journey, I think. Anyway, that's an aside. Anyway, so he's got these circumcised guys with him. Now, I don't have to explain that to you, right? You're aware of that? Just nod your heads. and We won't have to say any more about that, right? Okay. There was a bunch of the circumcision. Now, these are guys who actually like the idea of Jesus as Messiah, but they are still stuck on 
on some things to do with their Jewish faith. Circumcision, for example, the washing of hands, the Torah, um, you know, all those things, right? They were with him. So what happens is, as you can, you can read in verse 44, you have where the Holy Spirit fell on them and they heard the word and the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter, verse 45, were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. Now you can see where the assumptions have come, right? So the Holy Spirit is demonstrating his purpose. You see, friends, that the gift of the Holy Spirit becomes the way we know whether something is right or not. And the gift of the Holy Spirit, you understand, he is peace. He is joy. You see someone who's, who claims to be full of the Holy Spirit and is acting like an arrogant so-and-so, you've got to ask a question about what's going on there. But the man or the woman, the boy or the girl that's filled with the Holy Spirit is humble and gentle of spirit, gracious, loving, not, not putting putting people down, but lifting them up. Hallelujah. And, and so the, the work of the Holy Spirit becomes the touchstone to help us know, ah, this is the real thing. And uh, so they saw what was happening that day. Friends, you are going to see things that are going to test your theology like they tested Peter's. Oh, boy. Some of you are going to say, can't possibly be the Lord. Nope. Sorry. Can't possibly be the Lord. I'm going to raise this in a members meeting. Oh, great. Just such good news. Because members meetings really are the best place to raise important issues, aren't they? Anyway. You might want to chase me off the property later, eh? Oh, friends. You know, the Holy Spirit is going to do some things among you that will test your theology, but stick with one another. And look for humility and gentleness and graciousness and above all, look for love. Yeah. We'll know it's him then, won't we? Because we've got those nine really simple ways of checking him. Is the Holy Spirit at work? Well, let's look at the people. Do they love one another? A friend of mine said he'd preached at a Pentecostal church years ago. And he preached on the power of the Spirit and then came out and saw two of the deacons having a fist fight in the car park. Oh, God, must break his heart. Let's be the people uh, who, who exude the Spirit of God. Amen? Let's be those people who operate in the love of God. It's lovely, isn't it? Hallelujah. You, you disagree with me? Well, I just love you. You don't like the way I do things? Well, I just love you. And, and, and in, the, in the body of Christ, because of the Holy Ghost, we don't take offence. We never do. Someone doesn't like the ship, the way we do things. That's okay. That's okay. Oh, God, change us. Change us like that. Eh? So, you know, you've got the circumcised and have now got issues because they see, what the? The Holy Ghost has come on these people, had come upon Gentiles, had come upon a Roman, had come upon a Roman soldier, for goodness sake. You know, the grace of God is shocking. You're going to see the grace of God, the Holy Spirit, fall on men and women with all manner of wickedness and wrongdoing in their past. And you're going to wonder, how is this going to work? But you will see the power of God at work. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, God, hurry that day. But prepare us beforehand so we're ready to see it. Holy Ghost, work on us. We pray, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, they, they told on him. They went back to Jerusalem and they said to the other apostles, we're just sharing with you, with this, this with you for prayer. <laughs> Sound eerily familiar? <laughs> yeah. We're just sharing this with you for prayer 
<laughs> so um, uh, he actually allowed the Holy Spirit to fall on a bunch of Gentiles, <laughs> right? And that's when you get to chapter 11. Anything that the Holy Spirit's done needs to be weighed and so we need to learn how to weigh it. And the beautiful thing that happens here is that, that Cornelius has heard the, the message about Jesus and such is his heart that he is ready to receive and so the Holy Spirit is poured out. And that becomes the basis theologically for what is going to happen in Acts 13 where Paul and Barnabas are set aside by the Spirit and on the basis of that encounter, God was making it clear, that's what I want to do. I don't want you tinkering around the edges. I don't want you just being holy with the club you're in. I want you to go to the world. I want you to carry this to the world for I have people that I long for. And so there was going to be now a discussion because that can't possibly be right for some of them. And after the Holy Spirit had come so powerfully, well, we see, we see this going to be a bit of a challenge for them. And if you look at um, verse 11, chapter 11, verse 15 to 17, you see where Peter reports on what happened. And the Bible says that immediately after, uh, in verse... 17, it says, if then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when, when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? And when they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God. It's a good thing when people who disagree hear from the Holy Ghost and they all fell silent and God alone, his voice is heard. And so there it was. God completed a revolution. Before this event, these people assumed only a certain people could have the Holy Ghost. Now it was assumed that the Holy Spirit was for all. Friends, churches have been living in places in our cities and not changing them. We've been planting churches for over a hundred years, but the city has not been changed. You can establish hundreds of churches. You can have the best worship. You can have the best teaching. You can have all the best of everything. Beautiful building, <clears throat> lovely chairs, lovely things, lovely art, lovely stuff, but the city remains unchanged. We are, in a sense, no different to Peter, therefore. As we apply this to our lives, we are no different. We sit here contented with what God the Holy Spirit has, has taught us, and yet God is saying in these days, I would love to bring the kingdom to the people who live in this suburb. I would love that, and I need you to help me do it. And so what God is saying today is, hope the Holy Spirit longs to be poured out in fresh ways, in more and more Pentecosts among you. Not so that you will become like the Pentecostals, but so that you will transform by the power of God the suburb of Burpengary and the region around it. Don't get caught in the grass here. This is not about worshipping and having prophetic words. I'm all for that. But this is about changing the lives of men and women who don't know Jesus. Our hearts break, or they should. Friends, we need another Pentecost so that then we become agents of the kingdom in the earth. The earth will change because of that. Oh God, let us not be a church that has all the nice things but doesn't change the city in which it lives. Amen. Let us become agents of the kingdom. Peter got a revelation. He took it, what he knew, on the basis of that revelation to Cornelius. Cornelius was changed and transformed. And he learnt something that God shows no partiality. Friends, here's where I finish. I've been in church all my life, and yet I know there are men and women and boys and girls who have been of the belief that only certain people 
can have the Holy Spirit. My plea with you, don't ever let that be so here. Don't ever let that be so here. We, we desire that this place be the place where those who feel, I can't have the grace of God, they know when they come that they can have it. So here is my call to you. And I'm particularly wanting to do this before we have the classic, you know, let's all sing this song and come forward for prayer thingy. I'm all for that. But I'm wanting to ask any man or woman, boy or girl, in the sound of my voice, who has been watching but not experiencing, who has been observing what is happening in the lives of others but has not experienced it significantly in their own life, you guys, I have a heart for you and I want to minister to you. And now there is no need for you to have a nice song to make you feel good. There is no need for me to plead with you so that you have a whole bunch of tears. Tears are important if they're involved in godly repentance. But friends, who in our meeting here today has been just on the edge, just watching, but not experiencing. This is for you. We want to start the process of praying with and mentoring you and encouraging you to come into the fullness of what God wants. All right? This isn't, this isn't about just you becoming like somebody else. This is allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work in you. That's all it is, saying yes to him. So now I want you just to close your eyes for a second so that you have time to think. As I'm speaking, I want you, if you believe that you've been on the edge looking in for a long time and you want to dive in and you want to ask that the Holy Spirit come to you in fullness and power, I want you to get up from where you're sitting and come down here so that we can pray for you and help you. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.